It was the freaking game of the millennial. There's victory laps to take. And we have some concerns about the defense, but anybody talking about the defense right now, I just don't think they know what exactly what's going on. Ole Miss defeats LSU to go 4-1. and one. Ole Miss is going to be the underdog exactly one more time this season. Everybody should be happy. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get fired up, Rebel fans. Ole Miss finally, you know, as the clock hits zero, Ole Miss finally won that 2020 crazy Alabama game that we were always trying to get a possession here or there, and we couldn't ever quite get it done. Ole Miss finally won that game. Ole Miss has been so victimized on that game throughout their history. It was just nice to get a W. Now, hats off to LSU. Their offense is just absolutely elite. They're not quite 2019. But that is a very, very good offensive unit. Now, them not throwing the ball to Malik Neighbors or Brian Smith, I think that's his name, um, at the, on that last drive, that's almost coaching malpractice, but we'll take it. Ole Miss was able to go down, and they were just absolutely dominant um, as the game went on. Absolutely dominant offensively. We'll talk about real quick. These are the game stats. You can look at Jaden Daniels. He threw for 414 yards. He, Like I said, he, he earned it. He played quite well. Jackson Darth, though, 25, 26 of 39, 389 yards, four touchdowns. SEC player of the week type touchdowns. Um, Quinshawn Judkins, everybody was saying, where's Quinshawn Judkins? Is there something wrong with Quinshawn Judkins? 33 carries, 177 yards and a touchdown, and had a receiving touchdown as well. Both teams had a nearly 400-yard passer or just above it. They had nearly two 100-yard rushers. They had nearly both having two 100-yard wide receivers. Ole Miss went over 700 yards in that game. The first time against an SEC opponent, Ole Miss went over 700 yards. No turnovers in that game. You look at the time of possession. Ole Miss won the time of possession in that game. You always talk about Bill Flowers whenever we've been talking the last couple of weeks. They they kept their defense fresh for that last drive. Now, like I said, the defense has issues. We told you all along we were going to be dealing with a clunky unit. But they got it done when it mattered. In the fourth quarter, they got two out of three stops on fourth down, and then there was a touchdown catch that was given that he did not catch that ball. The last three possessions, you really can't put it on the defense. They kind of did what they needed to do. If you look at the team stats, Ole Miss, 9 of 16 on third down. They did a fantastic job. Caden Priestcorn was the long yardage safety net for Ole Miss football and Jackson Dart. And Trey Harris being back, just a dude. Trey Harris is a man. I talked all week how um, wild dogs would not be able to keep um, Trey Harris from playing against LSU. The guy came out and absolutely dominated. If you look at first downs and all that, the offense was remarkably similar. The one area that was difficult 
are different. LSU had some turnovers and lost the special team battle. Ole Miss did not have any turnovers, but they had a lot of penalties. So it was kind of a wash on offense. It was kind of a wash on defense, and Ole Miss absolutely won the special team portion of the game. Now, if you look at Jackson Dart, 26 of 39, 389, four touchdowns. Anybody talking about Jackson Dart becoming some sort of a liability and, and stuff like that, Jackson's the dude. This proved it. Nobody say anything about that. He did all the stuff that we thought that we weren't exactly sure that he could do. We thought he could do. I thought he could do it, but he didn't do it before he did it tonight. The offense tonight looked like when Matt Corral was the quarterback of the Ole Miss Rebels. Now, if you look at the run stats, Ole Miss ran for 317 yards against the top 15 team. 300 yards passing, 300 yards rushing in the same game. Absolutely phenomenal. Lane Kiffin and Charlie Weiss, they need to be, make sure they go out and eat and they have a good time. Quinshawn, 33 carries, 177 yards. Ulysses Bentley, nine carries, 90 yards. And he was that Zach Evans game changer in the run game. Jackson Dart ran for 50 yards, including an impressive play over the middle. If you look receiving-wise, Trey Harris, eight for 153. Like I said, Wild Dogs would not have been able to keep Trey Harris out of this game. Jordan Watkins had another game over 100 yards, 20 yards per catch in this one. Dayton Wade was really good as a short yardage, like quick bubble screen almost option. Caden Priestcorn was that third down safety net. Zachary Franklin, honestly, with the other guys playing so well, Zachary kind of got lost in the um, shuffle. And Quinshawn had that fourth down on the fourth on the first drive. Absolutely amazing stuff. Amazing. I, you know, everybody talks about I'm a homer, right? And I am a homer. It's the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. It's it's in the it's in the you know, you get what you ask for whenever you come here and watch this show. And but after the Alabama game, as optimistic as I am about what I thought this offense could be, obviously I had doubts. And I thought that maybe you know, coaching malpractice was not the term. And I, I did use that, but maybe it was ego. Maybe it was um, something like that. But this team obviously decided to come out and scheme-wise to protect this offensive line. And this offensive line, by the way, they absolutely came out and balled. Nobody needs to talk about the offensive line for a little bit. That's a good front seven that LSU has. And Ole Miss opened up running lanes all over the all over the place. You didn't know when the ball was coming out. You didn't know where it was coming out. And that made the defense indecisive. And, hey, everybody get ready to drink, okay? Get ready to drink. But this offense runs best when it tortures linebackers. And tonight, they didn't know what to do. Tonight, they couldn't be right. And all of a sudden, Quinshawn had room in the running game. All of a sudden, the bubble sweep, they didn't know if they needed to go outside, inside. They didn't know, need, know if there was somebody coming behind them. And when all of that works in concert, you can see what this offense can be and the tools that Ole Miss has. And this being the first game that all of their weapons were back, I'm telling you, this is a big deal. Because looking forward, looking forward on Ole Miss's schedule, and you can't do transitive property, so how Ole Miss played on defense against LSU is not how they're going to play on defense against Arkansas or against Auburn or anything like that. 
But what I need to say is Ole Miss is the probability underdog in exactly one of their opponents. And the one that they're that that underdog is the Georgia Bulldogs, who doesn't necessarily look very impressive right now. This is an Ole Miss team in the driver's seat for a New Year's Six bowl game. Period. By beating this LSU team, this team is in the driver's seat for a New Year's Six. The Orange Bowl, hey, I'm hoping for that one. That's right down the road for me. And if it falls, if it, if it, if it goes sideways on Ole Miss, they have a good shot at the Citrus or the Quest. There's a good chance that I'll be at the bowl game. They just show it on Trey Harris's touchdown, um, giving the highlights. This is just a mad, mad moment for Ole Miss right now. This is big that Ole Miss could just win one of these games. And I don't I don't know what was going on with officiating because it was very one way. Because what was called a penalty on Ole Miss for holding, because they were real quick to call holding on Ole Miss all night long. They weren't calling that on LSU. And the same type of stuff was happening. And I don't know if they just assumed that LSU had better players, so they obviously would be able to do this. But, yeah, it's just a weird situation. But Ole Miss is in a position right now. It's all in their feet. 10-2 and two is in, in their control, in their grasp at the moment. And honestly, 11-1 and one's in their grasp. Alabama is absolutely kicking the crap out of Mississippi State right now. I think we all expected that to happen. But LSU, they just took their first loss. They have to play each other. That LSU team can give Alabama a game. Texas A&M can give Alabama a game. It's not, it's not against the realm of possibility that Alabama loses twice. This is the Alabama team that could lose twice to Tennessee, A&M, or LSU. Losing two of those three. And Ole Miss might backdoor their way into this like Alabama did when Ole Miss had fourth and 25 against Arkansas in 2015. Maybe this is the year where everything kind of gets paid back for Ole Miss. Jackson Dart's a dude. I knew that. I knew that. I've been I've been on him for two months, just like he's a dude. That guy played the game of his life tonight. Was on it. Absolutely on it. And because of that, it opened up so much other stuff. And the, having Caden Priestcorn, having um, a healthy Trey Harris, because it's nice to have a healthy Trey Harris. It's the first time since the two-lane touchdown drive that he was healthy. You know, Zachary Franklin's going to get better. Dayton Wade's a weapon. Jordan Watkins is a weapon. Priest Corn, that safety net on third down. This offense is going to be very difficult to stop. This offense is going to be very difficult to stop. And Jackson Dart, I hate that what happened at Alabama. Um, I, I, I hate that um, that happened because this performance with a win at Alabama would have had Jackson Dart on a different trajectory than he currently is. It's, it's absolutely nuts. I, I, I'm so fired up about what's going on um, in Ole Miss football at the moment. It's just pretty fantastic. So we're going to go into the chat and take your comments real quick and 
well, not necessarily real quick, but that that's just kind of my recap of the game. I'm so unbelievably fired up. I think the kids call it lit is what I am right now. And, you know, I, I do think that, you know, I, I'm referring to LSU as LOLSU and, and all of that. And that's all fun in the rivalries. But, I mean, that was a classy bunch from the LSU Tigers. And they played really well. Not well enough, but they played about as well as they could. So we'll see what happens. Jackson Dart, I, this is one of those games to where his trajectory changes. This is one of those games where he's looked at differently after this game. I think he's going to start getting his Matt Corral love after winning this game. And Lane got his big game. And I am very happy about that, okay? And I'll put this up. Everybody was starting to say after the Alabama game that Lane Kiffin can't win the big one. That was the talking point by people that were anti-Ole Miss. And including some in the Ole Miss fan base. But Lane getting that, that's a top 10, 15 win. That's against a team that is going to likely win nine games this year. So we can kind of stop that narrative, um, and it should be quite interesting. But I'm pretty fired up, and I'm going to take a little bit of a victory lap right now. I hope y'all will let me take a victory lap, because for the last three weeks, me and Bill Flowers have been on the air talking about what Ole Miss needed to do. And you get the normal you get the normal comments from people that I'm not a coach. I'm not making $9 million a year. Yes, but I'm allowed to have an opinion, and I have this avenue to let make it happen. So we talked about, and we tried to point out ways and things that we wanted to see and not just complain about the offense over and over and over again, if that makes sense. I, I do want this to be a positive, fun experience as much as possible. So I don't want to be the person that just rails about what's going on, okay? But we talked about pop passes, and Bill wanted like positive plays downfield. I wanted some screen stuff, and we saw all of that tonight. We saw slants over the middle of the field in between linebackers, stuff that we weren't sure if Jackson Dart was avoiding because of play calling or avoiding because he couldn't see linebackers. You remember that storyline that people were saying? And it turns out he's perfectly fine in that part of the field. We just need to utilize it. And maybe it was with the advent of Caden Priestcorn being that safety blanket that opened up the rest of the offense. You know, and you have the Trey Harris, who Trey Harris is a dude. That guy's a dude. Like Dante, Laquan, all dude. I'll put it like this. Um, Malik Neighbors is a first-round NFL wide receiver. And you watch him play, you all know what's happening. That Brian Smith guy that played pretty well today, too. Also a probably a first-round receiver. I'm not so certain Trey Harris wasn't the best receiver on the field. And that going into the game, I can see why the offense was built outside with somebody that was potentially dominant. And I think in the middle of the field with Caden Prescorn, is going to be their second passing option, if that makes sense at all. 
And that with, you know, Quinshawn just absolutely looks like Quinshawn again. And just everybody should be, everybody should be excited about what's going on. Jake Mitchell says, no, the dude is Dayton Wade, a walk-on who has made the single biggest difference. He doesn't get enough shine. Yeah, he's a lot of the reason why Zachary Franklin was on the sideline because of what that meant. That, 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 was, that was pretty fired up. Blake Bennett says, I am so proud of our team. Yes, we finally won one of these games. I mean, I realized we beat Arkansas a couple of years ago, but Arkansas wasn't ranked in the top 15. This was more closely resembling about what Alabama was in 2020. So it should be pretty good. Um, I do not know the um, status with Pegues. We'll see exactly what happened. And um, AECP2L, how did the offense look so much different this week compared to Bama? Okay. This is my theory of what's happened. I accuse the staff of having arrogant play calling and trying to do stuff that would work against Mercer and against Tulane, even though it didn't quite work against Tulane, um, against Alabama, and they kind of got punched in the mouth, if that makes sense. And everybody wanted to talk about the offensive line and there was pressure and all of that. Well, what you saw was this offense scheming to get the ball out at different tempos to get the ball out at different spots, to have different run schemes. So it wasn't just a situation where you were running every play on the inside zone and you were throwing every pass outside the numbers. There was some variance to our game. And whenever that happened, it got into the defender's head to where all of a sudden they had to read their keys and their head was on a swivel instead of just attacking the inside zone. Because that was one problem that Ole Miss had was everybody kind of doing the engage eight thing to try and go after Quinshawn Judkins because everybody is going to concentrate on number four moving forward. But it's an interesting situation. This Torturing linebackers, that is what this team is all about, torturing linebackers. And you do that by making them worry about side to side, what's in front of them, and what's behind them. If they're not sure, the defense is going to be a half-step slow, and if the defense is a half step slow, you see what happens in the run game. It's it's pretty 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 fantastic. Let's see. I cannot believe they chose game day at Duke instead of the Grove. They missed that. Yeah, they missed the game of the Millennium. Honestly, they missed the, this. This was the greatest um, Ole Miss and LSU game probably of all time. It's definitely the wildest. It was definitely the most fun. It was definitely the the best one not in Tiger Stadium. Um, LSU's ranked. LSU's a good team, um, but it, it is it was really nice for Ole Miss to win one of these. Um, Steve, where were Suntary and Perkins tonight? Um, the he was being keyed on by LSU. LSU was watching for number four. They didn't want to happen what happened to Jalen Milrow. They, they were focusing on the kid. It, it, it's all about adjustments. You, it, you know, it's like that baseball hitter that comes in the first 10 games is hitting 350 with 10 home runs like JT Snow. And then the pitchers figure out a different way to pitch him and you have to adjust to the way they're playing you. Centarian is going to have to adjust the way teams are playing. 
That that's all it is. Now, a little bit of that is um Jaden Daniels is faster than him, faster than Jalen Milrow. Centarian Perkins could run down Jalen Milrow. Um, not many people could run down Jaden Daniels. And it was pretty interesting indeed. Hey, um, Oklahoma Premier Stone says 66,703 attendants broke the attendance record, and man, did they see a magical game. I'm unbelievable fired up. I'm going to sleep until like 4 o'clock tomorrow. Um, I, I am I am planning on enjoying this. I'm going to watch every show online. I'm going to listen to every podcast. I'm going to hear what everybody has to say. I do think I, I think this is the springboard game for almost football. I, I think that is going to be the discussion point moving forward. This was the springboard game. And Kiffin got his win. With the, You would not believe the recruits that were in the stadium today. It was basically a who's who of four and five star players. And they got to see that as well. I would not be surprised if a 2025 commits to Ole Miss sometime in the next week or so. I would not be surprised about that. Ole Miss is in a fantastic position moving forward this season. Every goal that they wanted to accomplish that everybody thought was over after losing one game against Alabama and Tuscaloosa, it's on the table. And you've got Arkansas that's coming off three straight losses. I'm not saying Arkansas can't win. I'm saying that Ole Miss is going to be favored in that game. You've got Auburn that is pretty good. Hugh took over the play call, and today they gave Georgia problems. But I think that may have been more Georgia's issues than Auburn's issues. That's a game that Ole Miss should be favored in. They'll be favored against Vanderbilt. They'll be favored against Texas A&M, against a backup quarterback again. Ole Miss is playing a backup quarterback again with Texas A&M. You've got Georgia, who is notoriously slow starting. If you can move something, Auburn ran the ball against the Georgia Bulldogs. These are not the normal Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia's not winning the national championship this year. They're not three-peating. You've got Louisiana Monroe, and you've got Mississippi State, who gave up 31 points in the first half to that team that just beat Ole Miss last week. Alabama is probably going to win the SEC championship this year. That's the way it feels like. It just it just feels like that. Let's see. Thank you, Mark. Mark says, love you, Steve. Big W. Yeah, that was fantastic. I'm so proud of this football team. And I think that I can be critical of them because I, I've been on staff. My name is on the Letterman's Walk. Um, I've... You know, I went to school there. You know, all of that. I, I feel a sense of ownership that other people doing this does not ha feel. Okay? So I feel like I have earned the right to criticize. And it comes from a place of love. I always tell you how it can get better. I just don't say, oh, the O-line's crap. We're going to win five games. I, I don't do that. And whenever games like this happens, I can get on here and enjoy this with you. And fans that are like just so jacked up about what this team could be. Another thing right now, um, RG3 is really good. RG3 is a star. 
of college football. I don't think he needs to do professional football and he thinks he needs I think he needs to sit in the college realm, but he's a star. Um sort of crazy SEC Nation even chose going to Kentucky over Ole Miss. Yeah, it was it was two ranked teams playing and they missed out on the game of the year. It, absolutely nuts. Uh Max Todd, uh, I think Bama's up 31 to 10 at the half. Yeah, they're up 31 to 10 at the half. Um, they threw an inter- state threw an interception right after Alabama scored, and Alabama punched it in. Everybody says dumb stuff constantly. I say dumb stuff constantly all the time. Um, but should be fun anyway. Let's see. Guyton Bush says, hey, Steve, I'm late to the party, but what did you make of the officiating? Extremely one-sided and them ruling that touchdown. Listen, the last three possessions for LSU, and LSU's offense was elite all night, but the last three possessions, Ole Miss got a stop. There was that bogus touchdown catch that wasn't a touchdown catch. Absolutely was not a touchdown catch in the last series of the game. There was two stops in the last three possessions, and one of which was given to them by the officiating crew. Um, it, it, it was a very, very bad situation, honestly. I, I'm very fired up. I am so fired up. Um, way to bounce back. We're singing a different song than last week. Yeah, a- absolutely. You know, in this culture that we live in now, it's all hy- hyperbole. So if you lose the game, you might as well have gotten beat by Memphis. And if you win a game, you might as well have won the Super Bowl. And I, I guess that's the mentality that we're in right now. And I view myself as kind of a megaphone for the fan base. So we're going to do hyperbole all the time. So SW, we did everything we said needed um we said needed to happen. All of it. Congratulations. One yeah. The keys that I gave, the only one that I talked about during the week that we didn't necessarily do, although we did have two or three big three two or three big sacks that was able to get stops at the end of the game, and that was the pressure Jaden Daniels. The rest of the keys, everything that I talked about, got done. I can't complain one little bit about anything that happened offensive. Now, like I said, defensively, that team is going to be clunky. It's it's not an insult. It's not a criticism. It is because. Those guys that were recruited to play the system that Chris Partridge and DJ Durkin did do not fit necessarily in what Pete Golding does. That's the reason so many transfers got brought in, because what he wants to do, they can't do. So you get a mix of transfers and clunkiness fits, and this defense is going to do the best they can. They're going to be pretty good in the red zone, um, which, by the way, that was a red zone stop kind of um, at the end of the game to keep them out of the end zone. Um, So really, really good play there. Robbie McClellan says, all that matters is we won the game. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter if we won by one point or 50. We won the game. We're going in to four and one. We are sitting here in a position to where we're starting to wonder about orange bowls and fiesta bowls or I don't know the two bowls that are the playoffs. I think it's the sugar and the rose maybe. But we're, we're starting to have those thoughts again. And that's pretty fired up. And this offense, for the first time since Matt Corral, looked like that offense. And I told y'all for the last three weeks, it's the same offense. Even though it's Charlie Weiss, 
And it, it wasn't Jeff Levy. The offense has the ability to look the way that we want it to look. And they did that. And they did pop passes and slants. And they utilized the tight end as a safety net. They utilized Trey Harris as honestly a mismatch. And it was fantastic. Do you think we'll see Jam? I'm assuming he means Jam Griffin. That's from Jake Mitchell. I think Jam Griffin's in concussion protocol. So I think he'll be there in um, a couple of days. Um, do you think Jamonte Waller took notice of us tonight? Possible flip? I, I think I think that's not the worst idea, honestly. Florida absolutely got boat raced by Kentucky. And I don't know what um, Javante Waller is being offered by Kentucky or by Florida, but um, G5 Billy or Sunbelt Billy, I mean, I mean, it, it, it does not look very good, honestly. Van Killen says that offense is nasty. Yes, we finally saw the weapons healthy. They did not get back for Alabama, and we did the best they could, but against LSU, my God. Goodness, 700 yards of offense against a top 15 team. They could do whatever they wanted to. It was one of those things where you had Harold Perkins, who is one of the best defenders in college football, just completely lost to where he's hesitating and, and taking false steps and going different places. And what you saw was the best part of what this offense can be. When this offense looks the best, it looks like this. It's the way that you can make it look by using those short passes, You can, by attacking different zones on the field, by changing the tempo of when the ball gets out of your hand, by changing the type of run so it's not just in all inside zones. You know, whenever you can do all of that, the linebackers are just, they're going to get lost. It's going to be overwhelming for them. And you have a situation where this offense can be just absolutely amazing. Brian Kelly and the officials that called the game tonight need to be criminally investigated because they obviously had a connection. Zero calls on LSU until halfway through the third quarter. Come on, man. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. You're, you're definitely not wrong. Um, I don't know about criminally investigated, but yeah, something was going on. I don't think our DBs will ever turn around and play the ball because our DBs are not that caliber of athletes. Now, the the benefit is Ole Miss is not going to see another set of wide receivers that are close to those guys with a quarterback that is accurate as accurate as those guys. Those are the best that Ole Miss is going to see. Um, Auburn doesn't have those dudes. Arkansas doesn't have those dudes. Georgia, you know, they don't have those dudes. I mean, it's Ra Ra Thomas, essentially. I mean, Lad McConkey. I mean, those guys that play for LSU are different than anybody else that Ole Miss is going to see, with the exception of Texas A&M. That is probably the matchup issue in the back end that everybody should worry about. Now, I did say. And I have said repeatedly that safety is a concern area for this Ole Miss football team moving forward. And that has happened. I said, though, that I felt pretty good about cornerback. And 
Yeah, it, it's it's hard to defend a perfect pass. And two or three of those touchdown passes were just putting perfect places. It's just a weird situation, honestly. Everyone who bet the under is crying tonight, LL. Hey, that's not my fault. I told everybody to hammer the overall week. There, I said there was going to be points scored in this football game. It was nice to see balance on offense. David Landrum says Judkins and Bentley running the ball, Dart managing the game. It was a great win for the Mighty Rebels. Yeah, it absolutely was. And you just have a situation running for over 300 yards and throwing for over 350 in the same game against a top 15 LSU team. I said that Ole Miss had to earn the right against this front seven to throw against that secondary, and that happened in spades. The offensive line deserves a game ball for the way they play. Holdings, the holdings that Ole Miss got called for were on the outside, like Priest Corn and um, Trey Harris and those guys getting called um, on the outside. Not necessarily in the middle. Like Jeremy James got a holding call. I think there was five holding calls in the game. But this was the O-line that everybody thought about going into the season. Whenever the only thing they had to do was replace Nick Broker. They played like we expect them to play against high-talent players. High-talent players. The, the only defensive line that is, um, I guess, A&M as well, they're going to see them because like Walter Nolan and McKinley Jackson and then Georgia, those those are the only two that is comparable. I guess that A&M game is going to be a pretty, pretty big game. Bentley really came through tonight as the two. Yeah, it was, um, if you remember what Zach Evans brought to the run game last season, Ulysses Bentley did a little bit of the same thing. And I am noticing a I don't know if y'all notice this as well, but there's a little bit of Le'Veon Bell in the way that Ulysses Bentley is running right now. He's extremely patient, and he's kind of unlocking this run offense to where Jackson Dart becomes the third option, and whenever that happens, it's, it's Katie bar the door, honestly. Dart had a Matt Corral at Tennessee type game tonight. Um, I, I disagree with that. Because um, the Matt Corral at Tennessee was about Matt running the ball. Um, what he had was an Eli Manning versus Alabama game tonight. A Jevin Sneed at Tiger Stadium type game tonight. Jackson, Jackson was just on. And that's pretty fantastic. We are also forgetting that Q is still young and put them boys on notice like a grown man. We really have the best talent in the nation in the back foot. Yeah, it, it's it, it, it's pretty fantastic. Hey, Mississippi State just scored a touchdown on a touchdown pass. So for the first time in 10 years, it looks like that happened. So congratulations to him. It's now 31 to 17. Uh, let's see. The YouTube user says, I felt like having pre-scoring healthy tonight was such the key. Felt like a lot of his catches were on key third downs. Yeah, he was that safety net um, that Ole Miss could go to in a situation to where he just he could just do whatever he needed to be done. And he he positioned himself in those positions like Kenny Oboa used to. You know, the stuff that Harrison Bryant did, um, those things 
make the offense better because the linebackers have to worry about what's behind them. It's absolutely crazy. I, I, I'm in such a good mood right now. Matthew Mitchell says Dart played the best game of his Ole Miss career. Yes, absolutely. I do not want – actually, I didn't want to hear anybody talk about it before, but I really don't want to hear anybody talking quarterback change again. And that includes my partner, Bill Flowers. I, I'm No, I don't want to hear it. Jackson Dart did exactly what he needed to do. He did exactly what we wanted, and he did an extremely high level. I don't want to hear that anymore. Anybody says that immediately gets ignored by me. Honestly. Yeah. How about that Trey? He's a man child. He is. He is a monster. I tell people, and I said this after the Mercer game, the way he moves, he reminds me of a pre-injury Laquan Treadwell. And he's such a physical receiver. David Landrum said, I thought Dart was going to get lit up on third and long scramble, and then he jumps over the defender. I lost my mind. Honestly, when Dart jumped over that defender, Ole Miss was going to win the game. That was the moment, I think, where Ole Miss realized that they can do this. And whenever they figured out what was going on, that, that was pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Did the defense play to their standard? Did they have the higher ceiling? They do have a higher ceiling. They had a matchup issue tonight. They did. They 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 just had a matchup issue. Whenever you dealt deal with Jaden Daniels and the way he can run, it's kind of like playing Johnny Manziel, kind of. Um, he runs so much and runs so well that you're nervous about what can happen down the field. And then you have two first-round wide receivers on the outside. There's just a lot that they can do. Just a matchup issue, honestly. Did SEC football final just said this was the game of the century for Kiffin? Yeah, it 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 was it was the game of the millennium. It, it was the greatest football game that I've ever seen. Um, all the way down to the very end. There's no way that this can be topped. And this is what Ole Miss and Arkansas are getting ready to play next week. And this game is always a drunk game in Oxford. Just absolutely a drunk game. Late to enter, but DB needed to cover better, but great win, hotty toddy. Yeah, like I, I talked about it a little bit, it, it, there was a matchup issue, and Lane Kiffin's going to talk about that. That was first-round receivers with an NFL quarterback. I think Jaden Daniels might be the number three quarterback taken in the NFL draft, and whenever you put that combination together and he is smart about where he goes with the football, it, that, that's going to be problematic. Um, I think that stop was a massive morale boost, and that was a setup for the game-winning drive. You know, Cash the Real Saint, you are not wrong. And Ashanti Seastrunk deserves all his flowers. I'm just stealing that term from Zach Barry tonight. Um, Ashanti Seastrunk and every one of Lane Kiffin's big wins, and the main wins that he has is against Texas A&M in 2021, and uh, against now, against LSU, Ashanti C. Strunk made huge, massive plays. And one of it was him spying Jaden Daniels and just saying, forget it, I'm just going to rush, run and tackle him. And he got the big sack that put them in long yardage. And then whenever they rolled out, they played a different – and it was 
It, you're right. It was massive. I don't agree with Lane Kiffin chasing points with that two-point conversion um, whenever you were trying to get to the point where you were actually up on the game. I don't know if I agree with that, but that's probably the one thing in this game that I have any complaints over whatsoever. I, this was just fantastic. It, it, it's just fantastic. Ole Miss proved they could do it tonight. What kind of matchup issues do you see with Arkansas? Um, Ole Miss is going to have to bow up and stop the run, okay? Arkansas is going to score. I don't think Arkansas is good, okay? I, I, I want to say this right now. I do not think Arkansas is good. But I do think they have one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. And his physical talent makes it difficult. So what Ole Miss needs to do is the same game plan that they were doing tonight with Suntary and Perkins because K.J. Jefferson's not going to be able to outrun him. And you spy him, you make sure what's going on. Um, they don't throw the ball particularly well, but they can make big plays by K.J. extending the play. Defensively, they did not look very good today. They've lost three straight games. They're going to come in desperate. They're going to play really hard because Sam Pittman is a really good dude. But this is a situation that Ole Miss is probably going to be favored by 10 points in this game. And Ole Miss, if they play offense the way they did tonight, they might be favored by 20 points in this game. But this game is also a little bit tricky, okay? After Alabama and after LSU getting up, you have Arkansas before a bye week. Arkansas, this is a win-by-one game, period. You're not necessarily going to be able to get up on them, um, but it's a win-by-one type football game. And if that happens, you'll be all right. Caden Butler, where do you think Ole Miss ends up in the rankings? Probably switch places with LSU. They're probably 12 or 13, honestly somewhere in that ballpark. They're in the right position where they think they need to be, honestly. Um, yeah, Mark Walsh says number 14. I mean, that's about right. And with Arkansas coming up and the thing that's things that is happening, you have a chance to move up now. This is the move up portion of the schedule. And I am not down. I'm not saying that any of these teams can't beat Ole Miss. That's not what I'm saying. But if you look at probabilities and who is favored, Ole Miss has a chance to beat Arkansas, beat Auburn, beat Vanderbilt, and beat Texas A&M going into Georgia. And Ole Miss should be, if they win those games, seventh in the nation playing Georgia, eighth in the nation playing Georgia. I mean, that is that is what this team can do. If Ole Miss can beat that LSU team, okay, there's nobody on the schedule that Ole Miss can't beat. There's no weird voodoo on the schedule. There's trap games and you have to play well and you have to play clean and all of that stuff. I get that. I'm, I'm not saying that it's not possible to lose the game. I'm saying that Ole Miss is in a better shape for the rest of their schedule now that they won this game than just about anybody else in the SEC minus Alabama. 
Um, Glenn Bruin says 250,000 for storming the field. That, that's true. You need to be careful about that because um, I think they're going to take away home games um, this uh, pretty quick. Jake Mitchell says, I'm not willing to concede the game, Jordan. I'm not either. In fact, I'm probably going to pick them to win. But if you look at my W's and L's before the season happened, which, by the way, I'm 5-0 and um, right now in this season. I've, I've called every one of the games to this point. Um, the one that we need to hope that I'm wrong on is I have an L for Auburn. I just think that game has a chance to get weird. And, But this team has a chance to do all sorts of good. You don't play Kentucky, who's good in the East. You don't play uh, Missouri, who is good in the East. You get Vanderbilt, and you get Georgia. And, I mean, if you're going to play somebody, Georgia's the best ranking potential of any team on the schedule. It's zero. It's a free shot. You might as well take it. And It's pretty interesting. I'm pretty fired up about what this offense can be. Honestly, David Landry, I think Kentucky can beat Georgia next week. Yes, that is absolutely true. But Kentucky and Georgia has the same issue that Ole Miss has with Alabama. So they can do it. Will they do it? And that becomes the question, honestly. Let's see. Blake Bennett, hell yeah, damn right. Um, we got a hottie toddy from Robert, Robert Carney. Everybody is fired up and everybody is celebrating. Hey, and I am about to hype the crap out of this. If you have a problem with me being a hype machine, you probably don't need to pay attention to my show moving forward. Because everything that I said in preseason just got confirmed. and. I am the type of person that when I know I'm right, I generally tell everybody I'm right. So if you're our person that can't handle that, just just know that it's probably coming, honestly. Jacob Holly, viewership will be up this week. Yeah, I hope so. It was it was depressed um going into the LSU game. I was getting one of my shows got under 2000 views. Um which hasn't happened since July, people were genuinely down. Um, it's absolutely nuts. Robbie McClellan, Dart is the guy. Yes, nobody say anything other than Jackson Dart is the guy. He is the quarterback. He is the man. He is exactly what Matt Corral was in 2021. Because if you have any opinion other than that, I will immediately ignore it. SEC final just said Oxford sent a message out to all residents in Oxford. Pray for the square. <laughs> yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna party pretty well. With this win, I believe a 10, 10 and two season can happen. Yeah, honestly, Christopher, if you look at probabilities and favorite, Ole Miss will be favored in ten of the wins. They just will. I mean, in 10 of the games this season, Ole Miss is going to be favored going into it. There are certain – listen, okay, I, I can do this. Okay. 
everybody that does this has a niche. Okay. You have to have a niche. If you don't have a niche, you won't be successful. People don't like my niche because over historically, that's a difficult place to be because if you go negative, eventually you'll be right. If that does that make sense to everybody? If you go negative, that'll eventually be right. And everybody immediately goes to that is super negative places after a loss because eventually that's just the way it the way it goes. We need to, as a fan base, allow ourselves to be hopeful with these teams because this is the most talented football team that Ole Miss has had in my lifetime. And I've said that more than one occasion. Now, they might be transfers, and there could be locker room issues, and there's been injuries and things like that. I'm not saying those aren't issues. But if you look at straight talent on the field, the all the current active leader in touchdown catches as a wide receiver is running back up on our team behind a walk-on who's absolutely balling out. Trey Harris is a monster that had an enormous chip on his shoulder because he wanted to go to LSU, and LSU didn't recruit him. So he went to Louisiana Tech and decided to go to Ole Miss to where he could play LSU. He ended up with nine catches or something like that in 150 yards. Quinshawn Judkins has been hearing for three weeks that something's wrong with Quinshawn. He's not happy or all of these things over and over. He got tired of hearing it. He looked like himself tonight. And the reason I think this is working is they're being very, very schematic with what they're doing. Lane Kiffin is allowing himself to be Lane Kiffin. And it's not so much tempo, even though the tempo is there. It's the fact that the matchups and they're paying attention and being very deliberate of what what they're setting up is the reason that Ole Miss's offense looked different tonight. Plus, you get all those weapons back healthy. I guess with a healthy Trey Harris and a healthy Caden Priestcorn and eventually a healthy Zachary Franklin, that is going to help this team out. And if this team plays offensively the way they did tonight, and this defense, like I said, we pay keep Pete Golding the money to get two out of three stops at the end of the game. That is the reason Pete Golding is salary. He made those stops. He got them off the field. LSU did not score, and he earned his money tonight. It is going to be really fun with the Arkansas game. And somebody did ask um, if Arkansas is going to sell out. Yes. Hell yes. Arkansas is going to sell out. Ole Miss is going to be selling out every home game this year because this is the thing that the naysayers have going against them. Before the Alabama game, there was no proof of concept that this football team could be good and this offense could be good. And all the stuff that I was talking about was theoretical. Now there's proof of concept. That proof of concept is going to scare the hell out of Arkansas when they put the film up for the LSU game. 
Because what are they going to take away? Every team goes into a situation, we need to take away something. What are they going to take away? What is the thing that is going to make Arkansas in a good spot to take away? It's a pick-your-poison situation playing against this offense. The defense, like I said, going into the season, their job is to make stops. And not every stop, but just to get the ball back to the offense so they can go down and score. And they did that. They did that in spades tonight, honestly. They didn't play particularly well, and they had matchup problems, and Jaden Daniels got hot, okay? But the defense, believe it or not, did what they were supposed to do. LSU's defense, full of four- and five-star players with the best defensive player in college football, gave up over 700 yards with over 350 yards passing and over 300 yards rushing. LSU's defense did not do their job. Ole Miss's defense was better than LSU's. That is the reason Ole Miss won this football game. Now, the offense was fantastic, and we absolutely dominate the special team games. Hey, we should all be thankful for Frazier Messine in the punt game. We've all bagged on the punt game for a while. He had two punts for over 40 yards with, I think, no return either time. Punt game was there. We were two for two on field goals. It was there. It, it, it was pretty good. Totally agree about Golding. Defense really came for through for, for us at the end. It helps that we had over 30 minutes of time of possession. I am the first person to tell you that time of possession is the most worthless stat in the history of football. But of tonight, where both teams were kind of doing tempo, um, it was important to get that 30 minutes and got some first downs, and they did some things to where they did some check with me's and some audibles, and they varied the tempo of the snap just like they varied the spot and all of that stuff. That was a pretty good job as well. When it mattered most, we got stops. We needed it in the fourth. Yeah, played pretty well. Jaden Daniels scared TF out of me every time he took a snap. Yeah, that, that guy's a dude. Not since Johnny Manziel has a quarterback scared me more. How did Arizona State, not saying let him go, but how was he just an average quarterback at Arizona State? There are four teams better than LSU in the West. It's obvious to see. There's probably three. I, I would agree with three. Um, but it was um, Alabama, A&M, and Ole Miss. Uh, I mean, it's probably better than LSU. Now, the Texas A&M-LSU game, Texas A&M beat them last year. So we'll see exactly how that goes. But, yeah, I, I do think LSU is probably the fourth best team in the West. Ole Miss has played two of the top th – two of the top four, and they have Texas A&M at home as well. So we'll see exactly how that goes. It's not Arkansas. It's not Auburn, and it's not Mississippi State. I mean, those are still all on the schedule as well. So we'll see exactly how that goes. Jake says, Steve, you're the best locked-on host. You do a great job. Thank you very much. This is a lot of fun, and – Listen, when the, I'm going to be honest, at about three minutes, 
Um, about three minutes to go in the game, I was like, okay, either Ole Miss is going to win this game and I'm going to be the most hyped on a post game, on a postcast that I've ever been, or this is going to be dejected and we're going to have the ma- most massive group therapy session that I've ever seen because Ole Miss needed this win. This, this was real. Ole Miss needed this win. Um, give yourself credit for advertising the priest corn would be a beast. That's from the Copeland 45. Yes, I, I've, I've, I've taken that victory lap, buddy. Um, but yes, him and Trey Harris and honestly, Dayton Wade and Jordan Watkins, who quietly, he is on pace for over a thousand yards this season. Um, it, it's just fantastic, honestly. James Mendoza says Lane Kiffin needed this win badly. Yes, absolutely. Lane needed this win because the noise of Lane not being able to win the big one was going to get louder and louder and louder until he pulled off an upset. And then it becomes a Mike Bianco-type self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, So to nip it in the bud, that was a big, big um, deal. Um, Steven, should Trey not have scored a TD at the end of the game? Should he have taken a knee to run out the clock? No, he should have scored. He did absolutely the right thing. And this is why I tell you this, okay? About 20 years ago, when Deuce McAllister played for the New Orleans Saints, the Saints pulled off the lateral play and scored a touchdown in a game to where they could have made the playoffs if they won. They scored the touchdown. All they had to do was kick an onside kick. And this is back when the NFL onside kicks were just a 20-yard, like a college extra point. The Saints missed the extra point. And anytime dealing with a college kicker, score the touchdown, period. College kickers are not good. Caden Davis, he is a good player, and he was nails tonight. Do not put a college kicker in that situation to where you can get a kick block, a bad snap. There's so many things that can go wrong. Score the points, go ahead, burn the hand, make them go 75 yards in 38 seconds to beat you and take your chance doing that as opposed to dealing with a college-level kicker. Uh, Robin McClellan, score the points. Yes, just talked about that. Mr. Veganator, I'm white. I missed a lot. What a huge game. Huge momentum shift of the season. Yeah, the hype train is well underway. I am the conductor. I'm Stephen Willis from Locked On Ole Miss, and I'm about to go off the rails because I'm the type person that when I'm right, talks about being right. And I'm about to talk about being right. Not necessarily in a way that um, I'm right over Ole Miss, but I was right going into the season about this football team. That's what I was right on. I think this is the best Ole Miss team I've ever seen in my lifetime. Yeah, the the, the talent on this team is absolutely nuts, Kedrick Jones. Absolutely nuts. People need to understand that and, and, and appreciate what's going on. Lane Kiffin has built a heck of a roster on this Ole Miss football team. Just a heck of a roster. We utilized the middle of the field and used linebackers against them, like you were saying. The play calling was amazing. Yes, Trent. I th- This is what I wanted to see. The whole thing. If What I've been talking about, 
tonight was what I was talking about. And I knew that this was in the offense because I'd seen them do this before. It was just nice to see it utilized, and it was nice to see Jackson Dart utilize it well, similarly to way what Matt Corral could do. He can do it as well. This offense has a chance to really take off moving forward, really take off. Locked on, did the job Kiffin to change the offense enough to turn the – Locked on, did the job Kiffin to – yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I feel heard. I feel listened to. Um, I, I talked about that a little bit. Charles Vault says, hotty damn tidy. Um, very good. Hotty tidy, Charles. Chase Wheeler says, now the question is, which team is going to step up later in the season and beat Alabama so Ole Miss can go to Atlanta? Um, Texas A&M is going to beat them next week. That, that's the first one. That's That's the first domino. And when that happens, all of a sudden, Ole Miss's future is in their hands because Ole Miss gets Texas A&M at home. But I do think that is going to happen. Scotty Fisher says, 700-plus yards against LSU. Think others will start giving the props this team deserves. Um, no, there's going to be excuses. People are going to do it. I've already heard is like, well, Arkansas is going to come out and play hard against Ole Miss. And I think if you're a bad team, it doesn't matter how hard you play. Um, a bad team kind of becomes a bad team, and eventually you start losing football games. Um, the fake toss play for Judkins worked well in this game. Yes. Um, that replaced the jet sweep, by the way. If anybody, everybody was mad about the jet sweep, that play replaced the jet sweep for the lateral movement from linebackers and getting them to move around. It wouldn't surprise me to see AM and LSU beat them. Yeah. This has a chance to be a really weird year that the SEC has no teams in the playoff and the championship game is like Kentucky and Ole Miss. Uh, That is on the table this year. It is so bizarre. Is the state coach going to survive? Um, They're not going to be good this year. They're, They're just not. They were picked last in the West for a reason. Oh, yeah. Um, Hugh's going to get into his bag with um, Nick Saban. He's absolutely going to get into his bag. Steven, you have been calling this. Yes, I've said this had a chance to be an elite offense ever since the summer. Talking about once these transfers got in and I kind of pieced together what was going on, the ceiling for this offensive unit was always very high. Always very high. Dart made good decision and got the ball out quick, and they were all um, second and level RPOs. Yeah, it was fantastic. The, the quick passing game, the quick stuff that allowed the team to stay on the schedule, like second and six, third and two, whenever that happened, LSU just they, they had no idea what was coming. And that opened up the stuff down the state, um, down the field. I talked all week that Ole Miss had to earn the right to throw against this secondary. They absolutely did that tonight. Absolutely did that. Um, Yeah, don't think Auburn can't beat Bama well in a rivalry. Yeah, it it could be weird. Like I said, I'm not going to overlook it, but it's it's not something that I'm willing to give up 
at this point. Ole Miss, I'm not just willing to say that Ole Miss is not going to Atlanta this year. Some people are going to do that. Some people are picking six or seven wins. And who knows if their picks went up. But I I am not that person. I'm I am the only person that actually puts their W's and L's up on the screen and keeps track of them during the season. I'm five and zero right now. I've picked every game correctly this season. Just before everybody calls me a crazy homer because they like to do that. But at the end of the day, the, the, it's in the pod. It's in the name of the podcast. It's the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Yes, I'm a homer. Yeah, Hugh's going to get in his bag for sure. We won because we earned the right to throw the ball and ran the last couple of drives. They were tired. Yeah, it was a perfect game. Honestly, what it was, Ole Miss won that game. It was the Ole Miss and Alabama game from 2020 done in reverse. We finally won that game. We finally won that game. A four-loss Bama team perished the thought the Bummers would call for Saban's head. You know, they probably would call for his head and say he needed to retire. Could anyone else tell after Q's first run that he was back? Yeah, that that dude, yeah, he, he, he was on it. The fans absolutely had an amazing job by the fan base. Ole Miss has quietly gotten probably a top five six atmosphere in the stadium in Vaught-Hemingway. And we always talked about Vaught-Hemingway Stadium as kind of being dead and it's not necessarily loud and it's like pitched at a light angle or where the noise gets out and stuff like that. Ole Miss calls false starts tonight. Ole Miss, you know, the, their scoreboard stuff, their graphics, all of that, it looks fantastic. 66,000 people watched a football game in Oxford, Mississippi tonight. In front of all of those four- and five-star recruits, because there were four- and five-star recruits in the building, including Camarion Franklin, who um, did a GTH LSU after the game. He's in. Now they can work on Jamonte Waller and they can say, hey, why don't you give us a call? There might be a way to do it. Hey, you know, I don't. I I get that um, Florida is probably giving you this and this, and they may have given you this already. But just listen to what we have to say, because we have a chance to be pretty good defensively moving forward. Let's see. I know Coach Kiffin is happy with the fans tonight. I, I know Ki- Coach Kiffin is happy with everybody because Kiffin needed this game. There's no doubt that he needed this game. I didn't see um, LSU's best defensive player, Perkins, on the field during the final drive. It was almost like LSU fell apart during the last five minutes of the game. Perkins got hurt and had to be helped off the field at one point. Um, I think he came back in, but he probably wasn't the same dude. And LSU was worn out, absolutely worn out. And Ole Miss knew they were worn out. Bentley ran the ball really good. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell is my comparison right now for Ulysses Bentley the fourth. We could have beat them much worse without the holding penalties. Yeah, I I think Ole Miss was probably the better football team, honestly. Now, LSU has a really good offense, but I think Ole Miss was probably a better team. 
Steven, we absolutely bullied the linebackers using the middle of the field early. Uh, early one and them running running it down the throat. Yeah. Hey, it, it's victory lap. Me and Bill Flowers on Wednesday night, it's going to be basically a, hey, they listened to us. We feel heard type situation. And all we want is Ole Miss's offense to be what they could be. And now we see what they could be. It's, that is pretty cool. The real grass field looks premium on TV. Yes. And the red end zones look fantastic. I have no idea what the end zones are going to look like next week whenever they do the stripe out because it is the stripe out next week. But I think that um, should be pretty interesting. Yeah, last week we lost to Alabama and the rest. This year, this week we beat LSU and the refs. You know, I am going to listen to other shows on the air. I hope everybody had a good time. Celebrate. Enjoy this. I mean, this is pretty fantastic. But this is is great. I, I hate that Ole Miss kind of fumbled the ball and injuries and everything got in the way last week, and that kind of affected the game. And Lane Kiffin has Nick Saban in his head. I mean, it. There's really nothing that can be said about that, Um, but it's pretty cool. I hope everybody has a good day. Uh, for Steve, uh, I'm Stephen Willis. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, and we will see you Monday when we talk about what we learned tonight. And, oh, buddy, that show is going to be good once I sit down and actually think about what we learned in this football game. Those three things. Monday is going to be a really good show. So I hope you tune into that. Dalen Flowers, um, Monday night. That's going to be fantastic as well. But I'll see you guys um, a little bit later. Take care. Hotty toddy.